you got Trey Anthony in the house. And if you are Canadian, Canadian West Indian, Canadian Black, um, Canadian like to, you know, be in everybody's business, you know, Canadian little women. I mean, this is, you know, Trey Anthony. Like, you don't even need any long introduction because Trey Anthony is an award-winning writer and producer. She was actually the first black woman in Canada to have a television series, and I'm so honored. I'm honored, I'm honored to have her here on my show. She is, you know, on her plays include The Kink in My Hair and How Black Mothers Say I Love You. She has written for so many different um, networks, including the Comedy Network. She's written for um, OWN. She's written for Global TV. And recently, you know, she just launched probably my not probably not, it's definitely my number one self-help go-to book and it's called black woman in love with herself in, in brackets right and she joins me right here on capote oh my god i want to big up nancy for for hooking this up nancy for knowing you know when you know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody that's how you get guests on this show right and nancy just hooked it up. Big up to you, Nancy. Without no further ado, we gotta make way. Trey is actually it's her day off, and she is here with me. Okay, so she she chose to be here with me, right? It's her day off. So make some noise, social social love for the wonderful, the beautiful, the talented Trey. Hello. Hey, thank you for having me. That was quite an intro. I loved it. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much for being on here with me. I am so absolutely grateful that you took time out of your schedule to come and speak to us. You know, oh, I'm a fan. Course, of course, of course, not a problem. I'm so honored. Oops. Uh oh. Can you see me? Last for first second. No, I can't see you. Just come right back. She she can hear me, but we can hear each other, but we can't see. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, okay. There we are. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no. Let's go back again. Let's go back again because we, we lost you for a second. Can you see me? No, I can't see you. Uh-oh. Yeah. There we there go. There we go. Okay. Here we go. Difficulties, <laughs> <laughs> but we are here. We are here. That happens. When you're doing things on the internet, I mean. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's so nerve-wracking, isn't it? That is the new normal. Yeah. It's the new normal, and you just have to uh, kind of get rid of the panic and say, you know what? It happens because the first time you were like your heart's racing, you're like, Oh my god, like, what's going on? And then after you're like, You know what? It happens. Yeah, you just go with the flow now. I just go with the flow. I'm just like, Okay, it is what it is. Exactly, exactly. And, um, how are you doing in the, this pandemic? You know, the new normal. How, how are you? Oh my god, you know, I feel I'm currently based in the US right now. And so I still have a lot of family in Canada and of course the Caribbean, Jamaica. So in the US, I feel like it's kind of business as per usual, um, mm -hmm. especially for 2021. So we haven't been really under any kind of lockdown, like serious lockdown, but we have the masks and stuff. And so that has been challenging. I think for me, the biggest challenge is just not being able to interact with my audience and doing live shows and events and something like launching a book during a pandemic has been a whole different challenge because when the book first 
we started talking about the marketing plan. Of course, we were like, oh, you're going to go to Washington, then you're going to go to Toronto, then you're going to go to Montreal, then you're going to go uh, to Jamaica. And all of those things just, you know, stopped. And so we've been doing everything virtually. Uh-huh. So that presents its own challenges. But also it has provided me a chance to definitely, I feel, do more venues, do more podcasts, get more up close and intimate with um, people that I don't think I may have had access to in the past. So, you know, it's been challenging. And then I had, um, I adopted my son during the pandemic. So I had a brand new baby boy in the middle of the pandemic, right? And I'm also getting over a cold. So forgive me if you see me. (laughs) (laughs) People I have a cold, my son, this is what happens when you have a baby. They get a cold, you get the better, and then you get the cold. So that is- I know. So I'm a little congested today, but I wanted to definitely still stay and do this interview. I know exactly how it is being a mom. I have two, right? And let me tell you. So my son is nine, and my older son is nine, and the younger one is three. Okay, so you know what I'm going through. Okay, you know. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. So so hang in there. You can do this. You You can push through and get it done. Get okay, it done. You'll I'm be fine. So. They only so. they they grow so quickly. Before you know it, you're like, I want my baby back. Like, what happens to my baby? I, you know, like that is true. Because I'm even <laughs> now at this stage, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like I just brought him home, and now he's this walking toddler saying no, mommy, and having opinions and all of this kind of stuff. <laughs> oh my god, I can only imagine. I I love babies. I love when they're babies, and then they get older, and then they start telling you stuff like sending you messages like, mommy, can I stay? longer than um six o'clock on my tablet like <laughs> on my on my ipad can i go until seven instead of six and and i'm giving you all sorts of rudeness but that's that's motherhood and congratulations again on on the new baby and on your amazing uh, it's it's a bit of a self it's it's a, a self um so someone gives you a, a self-help book and then it's a bit of a memoir like you kind of combined the yes. two together For, before we even get into the book why did you want to be a writer you know i always say to people i became a writer out of necessity because i always knew i w- wanted to be an actor and i was under the impression that you know if you're talented and you um, do all of the training and you're good you'll just get work and yes I got work but I got really work that I wasn't proud of and really stereotypical roles that I just was really unhappy with and so I just decided to write because I didn't like what was being offered to me as a writer I mean as an actor as a black woman and I began my own writing and that's kind of how I fell into writing because I wanted to see black women authentically portrayed on stage and on TV and that's kind of how it all came about and so the kink in my hair was actually my first ever play that I ever wrote mm-hmm. yeah wow and you had some serious balls just deciding, hey, I'm just going to do this. I love your book specifically. Okay, I know when you're doing a book review or when you're talking about a book, you stop at the first 50 pages. So you don't go past that because you want people to get the book so they can so they can read. Now, I did the audio book. I've actually purchased the book and I'm waiting to get it. Um, oh, but I, I, I needed to have both. I needed to have both because you do these affirmations at the at the end of each chapter and you do these um you know you give these tips you know these different things to do and, and all of this so so listening to it i mean granted i started writing the first couple of times and i was like you know what 
I'm just gonna get the book so I can just yes. do this in the book so I can be my like extension of everything. Yes. Yes. Um, why did you decide to do the book this way? For me, I wanted to, they always say, write the book that you wanted to read, right? And for me, I I would say, I don't think there's a self-help book out there that I have not read, right? Like I'm a big self-help person, always reading. But I never thought there was a book that directly as a black woman. So I wanted to do, I'm a big believer in affirmations. I'm also a big believer in help, like giving you the direct, um, the direct access to help, right? And worksheets and stuff like that. And so we lost, we lost me, you again, Trey. We lost you about Trey. Making sure that as you read the book, you were also applying the lessons and you had the resources, you had the tips, you had the affirmations, you had the songs to inspire you. Um, you had the resources at the end of the book because I didn't want to give us any excuses to not do the work, right? And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to provide everything for you. So it's a kind of one-stop shop for you. And um, I'm a big believer in you can read something, but I know as I'm reading a lot of self-help books, I'm always like, oh, okay, I'm going to go back and do what they suggested. Mm -hmm. And after I've read the whole book and I never did. So I always thought, it would be really good if there was a self-help book that actually gave you the lessons as you read the chapter so you stay motivated. And so that's kind of how the book kind of came into that form. And I really wanted something that spoke directly to the unique experiences of Black women because that was definitely missing as I was going through all of the self-help books that I was purchasing. And I was like, yeah, there are certain things that definitely resonated with me and spoke to me, but it wasn't completely everything that we as black women go through. That is so, so true. Like, I love when you start a chapter and when you say, you know, black girl playlist, and, you, yeah. and you're like, I could just like hear the song, you know, and I'm like, yes, that is the jam. And then, you know, towards the end, you kind of just summarize and you say, hey, these are the things, these are your takeaways. These are, I gave you all my story and everything and, and my, 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 like literally my lived experience. And yes. now it's up to you to take it and, and, and put it with your lived experience and decide what's going to work for you and how you're going to implement. Uh, what, so it, that was fantastic. And I enjoyed every single moment of listening to you because you're the voice in Audible, you know, and I was yes. like, okay, like, you know, because some, some writers, when they get famous, you know, they're like, hello, I'll get somebody else to read. Yeah, no. mm -hmm. You're the voice. I really thought it was important for me to read the book. I wanted to be up close and personal with my um, readers. And also, too, with the audiobook, um, as you know, there's a bonus interview with my mom and sister at the end of the mm -hmm. book. And because I spoke so much about my family, I thought it was really important to include them, that people could kind of see who they were. And, and my mother's so hilarious. And because I spoke about her so much in the book, I really wanted to give her that time for people to see her as well or hear her. So it really was, I could call it like a love letter to black women. And especially, um, I wanted to flavor it with my Caribbean background and the Caribbean essence, because I also thought as much as, um, 
African-American women, Canadian women are um, loving the book. There's a different uniqueness about us as Caribbean women also, or being raised by Caribbean parents that I wanted to capture, right? That is so true, you know, and that was gonna be my, my next question. You know, like yeah. you kind of, you plugged in the, I was like, yo, like if you don't know, you know, because you used, you know, you used the, Patois, you threw in the patois in there, the Jamaican patois. You would, you would, um, you know, things that you were taught growing up, you know, from living in the UK, moving to Canada, you know, and all, and, and the way, you know, the culture shock. Um, you were so like, should I, can I say raw about your entire experiences? It was yeah. just like, wow, what made you feel like it was okay for you to come out and, and, and be vulnerable, you know, and kind of just show everybody that, hey, you know, it's okay to go through these things because I did. And guess what? Yeah, I you think know? for me, um, I was at the point in my life when I started writing the book, which was, you know, it wasn't the book that I had proposed to write, right? I was supposed to write a book inspiring Black women on how to find like an amazing and healthy relationship, right? That was what I was supposed to do. We lost, we lost you for a second, Trey. Trey, we lost oh, you. Oh, okay, hold on. Can you see me now? Sorry. Yes, yes. See. So I was supposed to write that book of how to manifest a wonderful, great relationship, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I had started on that process feeling very happy because I felt I was in what I had deemed a healthy and amazing relationship. And so I thought that's what I had. And then five months before the book was due, I got a text from um, my significant other saying that they no longer wanted to do the relationship. And I had a two week baby at home and my life had hit rock bottom and we were in a pandemic. So I had to move out of our home that we shared. I had a two week old baby. I had the demise of a four year relationship and I was just feeling confused. I was feeling hurt. I was feeling embarrassed. I was feeling humiliated. I was feeling like, how the hell did I miss all of these signs that my relationship was in trouble? And it really made me go, okay, what happened here? And because I was at rock bottom, for me, there was nowhere else to go but to dig deep. I was cracked wide open and I knew for me to learn the lessons and to be able to share it with other women, I had to be that honest. I had to be that vulnerable and say, what happened here? Because I'm a big believer in you can blame, you know, that your mother didn't hold you long enough when you were a baby. You can blame somebody didn't love you or somebody didn't do their work. But at the end of the day, the most consistent factor in your life at all times is you, right? And you made those choices to choose whatever you chose. And I had to really look at it and go, why did I choose this, right? What was at this about for me? And that is why I decided to be that vulnerable because I wanted black women when reading the book to be like, she's this honest. I need to get to this level of honesty in order to get better and to get well. And that is why I chose to be, because I was just like, I'm not going to half-ass this. I've never has asked anything in my life. So I'm not uh -huh. going to ask a self-help book just because I want to present as someone who's got it all together. And I was just like, if I had it all together, I wouldn't have missed all of these damn signs that my relationship was falling apart, <laughs> right? Seriously. So I was like, I need to t talk the truth, you know? And like I said in the book, chapter number one, you taught the things. And I think to 
especially when you come from the Caribbean, and I talk about it in the book, right, with Caribbean families where they tell you the opposite of like, nobody tell everybody your business, don't do this, don't do that, you know what I mean? And you put on this face that everything is well. And I was like, that silence and that level of secrecy is what is killing us. That is what is preventing us from having well lives. And I was like, I have to break the stigma of pretending that everything is okay when you're not okay. Wow, that 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 is so very true. You know, that is so very true. Like you deal with that on a regular, regular, regular basis in the Caribbean. Like I know, you know, like we like to hide. We just don't like everybody knowing your business. Your neighbor, you're living right next to your neighbor, and you don't want you to know your business. You know, like exactly. don't talk too long. Or or like I, I I even do that with my son. I'm like, you don't have to tell everybody your business. Like when you talk yeah. to your mouth, you know, yeah. <laughs> like everybody. But it was really enlightening, and you know, we have some some people coming on, some people coming on, and I want to get them on, you know. And guys, if you have your questions, you know, go ahead and ask your questions because we, you know, she, she's gonna be there for long. We have another um, uh, interview coming up next. But um, Trey, you know, you have the book with you right now, right? I do, I do, of course. <laughs> I and. And yes. the book is being sold anywhere books are sold. Amazon, um, a different book list if you want to support Black-owned um, book owners, uh, bookstore owners. And it's at Barnes & Nobles if you're watching from elsewhere. But, yep, yeah, you can order the book. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. So, guys, you hear you can get the book anywhere that you are. A few of my friends have actually purchased the book. And I had my, my own personal, you know, takeaways, you know, like, um, the part where you talk about, you know, black women and shame, you know, you know, that, that, that resonated with me, you know, and, and when you said, you know, I, I can't remember which chapter, but you said, I can, you can change your mind, you know, I can change my mind, right? Hello, I can change my mind. My mind. So even, if, even mind. if yesterday I said I was going to do this and tomorrow I'm like, you know what, that doesn't look like it's going to work for me. Yes, I'm allowed. Like, yes, I'm and allowed, you are to, allowed change. to change your mind, and I think that is something as black women we don't allow ourselves to do. Is we lost we lost you again, Trey. Oh gosh, hold on. There you go. Oh, there we go. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, as black women, sometimes we, we lost you again. <laughs> I think sometimes we are asked a lot of the times. You know, I was raised from a family who's like, you follow through with things, you follow through, you just keep doing it. And and I was just like, what if the thing that you're supposed to follow through on is no longer making you happy or serves you? Like, why do we have, and I've seen it with my grandmother, I've seen it with my mother, this kind of martyr um, complex. And it's something like a badge that we wear of honor of like, oh, you know, I'm making this work, I'm trudging through it, you know, I'm gonna carry the whole world on my damn back. And I'm like, I don't wanna do that anymore, <laughs> right? So I can change my mind and kind of come, you know, I know I said this, but this no longer serves me. And I wanted women reading it to say, you can change your mind at any given time because it's your life. It is your life, there's no dress rehearsal. And it's not to change your mind in a way that it's hurtful life. to others or, you know, um, any kind of like revengeful or anything like that. But it's it's about giving yourself permission to know that sometimes the path you have chosen, you will outgrow it and it no longer serves you and you could go in a whole different direction and it's okay. 
Y'all heard that, ladies? Y'all heard that? I I want I want you to do a little excerpt for us from the book, you know, because. I, let me tell you, I love this book, eh? Like, I really like, like I've taken notes, like getting a um, journal, you know, I always I always put my stuff on a, on, on computers and stuff. And I'm like, you know, I noticed like even, you know, through my, my, my last couple of years, you know, back in university, that writing it, writing even just notes, writing, you know, mm -hmm. it would stay with me better than putting it on a computer. And a lot yeah. of times we tend to, and when you say, yo, keep a journal, you know, get a journal. Like yes, write down we talk thoughts, about that you know, from there. Yes, yes. You, we should be journaling. We should be writing every day. We should be writing down our goals. We should be writing down our thoughts. It's really a good way to kind of check in with yourself to see how you're feeling about something, you know? It's so essential. Yeah. Thank you very much for putting this together. But she's gonna give us a little bit. Um, let's see. Some people. Oh yes, yes. Some people are 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 communicating there. So um. Yes, please tell so me what they're saying. Yes. Ayola is saying, as a Caribbean woman, um, you have uh to consciously do this, uh, because being this matter is so ingrained in you and your upbringing, and that and you of instead of realizing what is really happening. So like, because she, I guess she's saying, you know, because of your, how you're brought up, you think yes, happen, you don't to be this martyr. Yes. It's so, yes. It's so yes. True. It's so I'm, true. I'm, so I'm struggling. Um, Marvelyn is saying here, I am going to start the book later. So yes, she, she got it her now, book. Darling, start it now. Not even wait for you. <laughs> um, Lorraine is asking, is it available on Kindle? Yes, it is. It's available on Kindle. It's available on ebook. So it's you can get it anywhere you can. You can get it. Yes, yes I fully yes. recommend the Audible book, and then also buy the book as well because um, yes. I, I love the Audible book, especially if you're a busy mom and you want to just listen to it like while you're working, while you're doing a load of laundry, you know that kind of stuff. But while you're in the car, physical book in their hands as well, which I do love mm -hmm. as well. So yes, I, I do a little excerpt book. from it. Yes, and. This was when, um, two weeks after I got the text um, saying that my relationship was over, yes, I got broken up via text. <laughs> People cannot even believe that, but that's the truth. After four years. After four years, yes. I got a text that said I can no longer do this. I was devastated and my mom and sister came from Florida to Atlanta to help me with the baby and they knew I wasn't coping very well and they came to help me pack up my apartment basically and so there was one night my mother burst into my office because i was still trying to work i was still trying to look after the baby and i was trying to pretend that i was okay so i'm going to read from this and this is page 15. my mother burst into my home office and glanced at the clock she was annoyed that i was engrossed in sending out work emails with the baby strapped to my chest it was 7.45 and she wondered why I had not put the baby in the bath or fed him. She firmly reminded me of how important it was to keep him on schedule. Trey, you know 7.30 p.m. is his bedtime and you would need to do better. I felt this quiet rage rise in me and I tried to bite my lip. But this time I had to say something. With my voice barely a whisper, I stated, I'm not doing well, mom. My mother pretending that she didn't hear me, didn't make eye contact and headed, headed to the bathroom to busy herself with running the baby's bath. I handed the baby to my sister who had entered the room. Then I followed my mother, desperately trying to get her to look at me. 
the tearful words tumbled out without any warning. Mom, I'm really not doing well. I don't think I can do this. I sat on the edge of the bathtub as a wave of emotions overtook me. I needed for her to see this pain. I needed to be okay to release it. The tears seemed to explode from someplace buried within me. Giant tears ran down my face and my mother couldn't ignore it anymore. Awkwardly, she came over to put her hand on my shoulder, which is the closest my mother had ever come to physical tenderness with me. And I knew she was trying her best. She didn't look at me, but instead focused on a spot above my eyes. I know she didn't want to fully witness my tears or the pain. This was already too much for her. Trey, you're going to be fine. You cannot make this kill you. You must remember whose child you are. Remember your grandmother, remember me. We had it way worse and we never gave up. You can't let this break you. And yes, my mother's solemn pep talk gave me some comfort, but I also recognized at that moment that my mother was not comfortable with my vulnerability or any of my emotions. My mother knew how to teach me how to be strong, but she didn't know how to teach me to feel all my feelings, express them, live with them, acknowledge them and sit with them. My mother could be my cheering squad, my person who reminded me to keep my chin up, but she couldn't be my safe, soft spot. She could not be the place where I could fall apart. And right then, I didn't wanna be strong. I needed to fall apart, but she would not allow it. She believed that it was unsafe for black women to fall apart, that there was no room in our lives for vulnerability or fragility. I needed to find that safe space for myself in order to survive because I knew that I needed this. A safe place where I could cry with abandonment. A safe space where I could feel no shame about saying I don't have all the answers. My mother looked at me and said, now go get the baby. He needs to be bathed. That night, I started to think about whether or not I was this type of safe space for other black women in my life. How many times when despondent friends came to me, did I turn into my mother, reminding them of their strength and leaving empowering messages on their voicemail? I would often tell all of my friends, girl, you know, you got this. But I never said to any of my friends, hey, sis, how you feeling? You may need to cry about that. I was also guilty of telling my sisters, girl, you got this. I never provided them safe spaces. But what if you don't got it? What if you're so damn hurt and confused that you don't have the mental capacity to get back up? If I wanted to fall apart, could my sister friends witness that and be okay with that? And could I be okay with them seeing me fall completely apart? Yo, let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you. <sighs> oh, the comments. <laughs> emotionally gripping. I oh, gosh, it even tears me up because I think about that moment in the bathroom and, and how often, so often in my life, I pretended to be okay and not let people see me cry or say I was hurt or confused and just kept going 
because that's what we do as black women. We keep going. And that keep going is killing us emotionally, physically, on all levels, right? And I just was like, I'm not, I'm no longer prescribing to that anymore. I'm not doing that for myself. I'm not doing it for other black women. I'm going to say, sis, here's a safe space for you to fall apart. And I needed that for myself and other women. If you haven't gotten the book yet, you need to get your mind right. <laughs> I swear, like, this is like my new, new slang. Get your mind right. right, right. I say that in the book. Get your mind right, girl. Get your mind right. Get your mind. And let me tell you, I love every chapter is dedicated to something, an experience, uh, a person, you know, I, I, you know, you speak about your parent, your mom a lot, your dad, you spoke about your dad, you know, you spoke about your grandmother. How did they feel? You know, I know you, you dedicate the last child. How did they feel? Because you kind of put them on the spot for a lot of things. Like you're like, you know what I mean? Like you didn't tell me I was pretty when I was young. You know, you didn't like, you didn't tell me these things, you know, y'all always wanted me to lose weight, you know, like all of these, these things. How, how did they feel? take in that information after to be really honest i thought my mother and especially my father as well would be really upset about the book and before i sent it to the publisher i sent the first draft to every single person in my family who i had mentioned so i sent a copy to my brother a copy to my sister-in-law my sister and my brother and my cousin and my two best friends i sent it to them and I really thought that they would say, you know, change it or do this. And my mother, my mother called me up and my mother read the book in less than a day. She said, I couldn't put wow. it down. And she said, to that me, was me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she said, I just couldn't put it down. And she said, I read the book. And the only thing I can say, Trey, is she goes, I didn't know you were going through all this. And I never knew that I was so hard on you. And she goes, and when I read the book, it just made me sad that you went through so much by yourself. And the only thing my mother asked me to change, which was funny, is in the book I talk about how my mother used to, my brother was such a bad kid, quote unquote bad kid, that my mother would beat him every day, right? My brother didn't mm -hmm. care, right? And my mother was like, you take that out because I don't want CAS coming for me. <laughs> my brother is a grown man now. Man. I don't think nobody's coming for you. <laughs> I changed in the book that I said that my brother used to get hit, right? That my mother would beat us, right? But she did it out of mm -hmm. love, quote, unquote, love. And so I took out the part where I said he would get beaten every day because my mother is like, you don't put that in, <laughs> right? So that was the I love thing my mother told me the change was that. I love else, your yeah. grandma. Your grandma, yeah. you know, I mean, so rest in peace, you know? And, you know, I love what she represented in the book. I, grandma was gangster, like, gangster. like this. Yo! <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, my grandmother was driving dirty all her life, never yes. had a license, and we were up and down the highway. Yeah, my, my grandmother is where I get my grit from. Like, I feel like my grandmother's always like, why not? Like, just get it done, you know? So I really yeah. had to talk a lot about my grandmother because she was the person who was always like, like, what's the problem? Like, like, let's do this, you know? But in the book, I also talk about, like, I feel there was definitely some undiagnosed 
mental health that my grandmother went through and we as a family mm -hmm. never spoke about it. And mm -hmm. I truly do believe my grandmother didn't have the support or trusted the system, like a lot of us as black women who are going through our own mental health problems, be it depression, be it bipolar, be it anxiety, that we are not able to access it or we just keep going and the people around us act as if it's normal. And as I said mm -hmm. in the book, I didn't realize until I started talking to other black women about depression and anxiety and bipolar and recognizing my own mental health issues that I was able to look back and trace and see how many women in my family suffered from mental health issues and did not seek support, right? And we all acted like it was okay and normal what they were going through. Wow, Trey, what's next, what's next? Well, I'm right now working on adapting the book into a TV series. I really want to do a book, um, a TV series called Black Hello. <laughs> yeah, that really looks at Black women in our lives. And, you know, I kind of see it kind of like a cross between the women of Brewster Place and um, Queen Sugar, that kind of thing, of really talking mm -hmm. honestly and authentically about Black women and what we go through, you know? So that's what I'm working on next. I'm promoting the book. I want it to be a bestseller. So I'm asking people, please. Um, one of the things I loved what you did was when you read the book and you tagged like about 40 something women to say, go buy the book. It's so important for us as black women and especially as authors, new authors like myself to get women out there buying the book and people, other women advocating and reviewing it because, um, just having someone just ha give it a reference and give it a thumbs up means so much mm -hmm. to me. And it really sells the book, right? Word of mouth sells so many things. I can say the book is great, but people expect me to say the book is great. <laughs> but when yep. you, as a reader, say the book is great, go get the book, and you tell all your friends, it really helps. And I keep saying to every Black woman, this book is for you. And the only way we're going to have more of this is if we show that there's a demand for this book, that we support it, that we're behind it and that we need it. So I keep telling women, you know, tag your friends, text a friend, buy a book for your friend, buy a book for your mom, buy it for your sister, you know, just keep supporting, supporting. A friend of mine who's a writer said when she read the book, uh, when she picked it, she got it the second I, I mentioned it, she got it and she said, she says, I'm enthralled, but I've got to stop. I'm going to write something. Thanks for tagging me. And then she said, a few days later, she came back. She goes, girl, that book is speaking to me in so many ways. I'm going to go back and take notes. She hits on so many salient, relevant points, you know, and, and oh, here, she's on. She's on right now. She's like, she's like, she says she just bought the book for a friend a few minutes ago. So she's bought, she bought the book for herself and now she's bought it for a friend. So, well, so big so up to you. You know what, Jill? So many people, um, Barnes and Noble in America said to me, this is the first time they've seen black women coming into the store and not just buying one copy, but three or four copies and also generationals that people are saying, oh, I'm buying it for my grandmother. I'm buying it for my mom. I'm buying it for my daughter. And that is the thing that I love about this book, that it's speaking to women on so many levels. And what I'm loving is that as black women, we're invested in the wellness of our friends and family as well. Because I think when you start to read this book, you recognize that so many of us are not well, emotionally well. 
right? And we've got <laughs> to not being well, right? Yeah, like you know, I love the part with um, you know, that doctor, um, that doctor, uh, was it a, was it she was she was she a friend or no? I think she was one of your clients who who was who kept nitpicking at all the men, you know, and and I was just like, I'm like thinking to myself, I know a friend like that. <laughs> Yeah, where she actually no, I, I, turned down a man because he wore the same shirt, even though he was lovely, he was available. He wore the same shirt on the third date, on the first date to their third date. And she was like, oh, I can't be with a man who doesn't put in effort. And I was like, what? And I was saying, like, how many of us don't pick well? Because we have in our idea of who this magical partner is supposed to be. And we turn down really good, emotionally available people because we don't like their shoes or we don't like that they wore the same shirt on the third date. <laughs> right? or, or, they have, or they have a gap tooth. I'm speaking to you, shade. Right? Right? And I've been guilty of it too. So I'm not like, you know, I, it's me too, sis, until I got better. And I started looking at that and also the clients that I work with and saying, how about write a list? about what you emotionally are seeking from somebody instead of about what kind of car he drives, how much money he, he makes, and you know what kind of shoes he wears. How about writing a list around, I'm seeking someone who is going to be a family uh, man, someone who is going to offer me kindness and tenderness, someone who's respectful of me and my time, someone who is, you know, good to my children, you know, those kind of things. And I've been guilty of it too, of writing these lists of like, oh, they must be making 100K a year. They must be wanting to travel, all of those things. But at the end of the day, you have to talk about core values and how someone loves and treats you. Mm-hmm. And that's what's important. Princess Nasty, um, Miss Nasty, aka Angie said, just bought the book. Yes, girl. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate and love you guys for doing that. I really do. Thank you. And you know, you're our Caribbean you. sister. You know, you're our Caribbean sister. We gotta represent. Represent. And, you big know. up yourself. Big up yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you very much for sharing this book with us and um, giving us um us caribbean women things that we can relate to because i've read a lot of self-help books and i get yes i get messages from them but it's not relatable um the, the, there's cultures that divide us you know there's so many different things and you took me to jamaica you know you took me to the caribbean you know and, and you would randomly code switch and i code switch a lot and so i was like i was like wait I, I'm reading the book and I was like, this girl's so much like me, you know, like like the kinds of your drive and your energy and the way, you know, when you met Oprah and all of that, and you know, yes. and, and, and I was like, that that's me. And, and then I go and I see we got the same birthday. We have the same birthday. I had no idea until you told me that today. This is why I love you already. I was like, of course, Aquarius. Birthday Aquarius energy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we run the world. Do you know Tony Morrison has the same birthday as us? Well, and Audrey Lord, yeah, Tony Morrison and John Travolta. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but it is it was fantastic having you on. I know you're on your break and you you're you're in R and R mode and I'm so thankful that you could come on and, and speak with us and we I hope we could stay in touch and I can't wait for when that book becomes a series because I will be there watching if I'm not if I'm not one of the writers you know if you're looking for writers hello 
Um, but thank you very much, Trey, you know, for, for coming on and, and speaking with us and sharing with us about Black Girl in Love with Yourself. And um, if you have any final words. I just want to say I truly want to thank every single Black week. I, 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 and I write about this in a book where there's this um, stereotype and really awful myth that Black women don't support each other. That has not been my experience. Black women always are buying tickets for my show. They're coming to my play. They're watching my TV show. And I would not be where I am without the support and love of Black women. You guys show up for me at all times. You provide space for me. And I just want to say thank you for seeing me. Thank you for always seeing me and supporting me. And I want to truly thank you for providing me the space and opportunity to come on your show. And I do not take it lightly at all. Like I know that so many people are trying their best to support this book and make it a best-selling hit. And I truly love you guys for doing that. And it's one book at a time. So just believe that every time you buy it, it helps, right? Yeah. So thank you. And I also want to say my final words is every woman out there, we are worthy. We are worthy of love. We are worthy of tenderness. We are worthy of grace. And if you're by yourself and you're not in a relationship, or even if you're in the relationship, make someone catch you loving yourself. Let people know how to love you. And the only way they're going to know that is if you are loving yourself properly. So those are my final words. Love yourself properly. Go get that book and get your mind right. Thanks, Trey. Thank you, darling. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Have a good one. Thank you you too. Me. All right. You're bye, awesome. guys. Alrighty, guys.